If you know me at all, you know that debt is my bread mm -hmm. and danger my butter. Oh, no, danger is my bread and death is my butter. No, no, wait. Danger is my bread. Death, no, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my... Death and danger are my various breads and, and various butters. Mm -hmm. right? talk about this breakfast food situation can oh. get into this okay can i did i tell you about this thing my theory with the breakfast food i don't okay tell me tell me first where we where unrelated we to big kahuna brothers yeah totally unrelated where are we with breakfast food what, so, what is okay, the deal okay okay let's so the the Paint a word the, picture. Gene, the 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 beginning of this thing mm -hmm. is with um i don't know the bagel bites pizza bagels whatever it is mm -hmm. but they had this jingle right mm -hmm. pizza in the morning oh yeah pizza in the evening yeah pizza at supper time mm -hmm. when pizza's on a bagel you could eat pizza anytime. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have so many problems with this song. Wow. It begins with this suggestion that once pizza is transferred to the bagel, uh -huh. it is now appropriate for breakfast. Uh. So that the bagel takes over, like, what kind of meal it is. Yeah, because uh, the problems are, one, pizza is, in fact, appropriate at any time. Mm -hmm. Not only that, if you were to take a pizza bagel... Mm -hmm and make that pizza bagel the size of a normal piece of pizza, that would be 10 times as bad for you as Dang. just a piece of pizza. That's a huge bagel. Yeah. Who's and making those bagels? I don't know. But the, the whole point is that they're little, these little bites, and I guess the bites make them more, but you end up having like a few of them. But yeah. wait, hold on though. Okay. What constitutes pizza? Because all they're doing is putting cheese and sauce on a bagel. The, my first problem when I, when I thought about this commercial as mm -hmm. an adult, the, my main <laughs> issue with it as an adult was mm -hmm. Is that even pizza? You just put sauce and cheese on a on and right. bad cheese for the, at that matter on a bagel. Is that pizza? And then I thought, but it's, you know, two, I've, it's two I've, thirds. If you I've, figure it's cheese, sauce, and and bread. Well, I think what what this what this connects to for me mm -hmm. is I have this whole thing where it feels like, especially in America more than other places, breakfast food is treated as like an ontologically different kind of food. Oh, I am with you on that. Such that. It, if you come to my house yeah. and I'm like, for dinner tonight, mm -hmm. we're going to have breakfast. For we're dinner. having French toast, eggs, and bacon. You'd say, oh, we're having breakfast for dinner. Exactly. But if I said, tonight for dinner, we're having sandwiches, you wouldn't be like, lunch for dinner? Why yeah. are we having lunch for dinner? Let alone at the same time, <laughs> if I were like, guy's got a point. Here's breakfast. Oh, yeah. I would like to serve you some chicken parmesan. Yep. Why are we having dinner for breakfast? This is. But if I served you par chicken parmesan at lunchtime, you're just like, oh, this is lunch. It's a heavy lunch yep. food. I'll tell you what, I, I've traveled extensively with friend of the show, past guest, current wife, Jennifer Tellerico. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, Stands um, to reason. And it... No matter how long we go, is that always going to be the intro to Jen? Yeah. And, you know, if you go to Europe and they have a lot of, like, cold cuts, like like lunch meat and cheeses for... Don't, and don't say lunch, lunch meat. I, sorry, not lunch meat. Because that, that also... I hate that phrase. Yeah, my bad. Um, they have, like, cold cuts and cheese, like, for breakfast. Sure. Japan, some fish, that kind of stuff. She's not a fan. And I think she understands that she's being sort of America-centrist about that, but sure. uh, I don't think that stops her from uh, being grossed out by well, some of that. When I was in high school, I dated a young woman who mm -hmm. had decided that all food was gross, save a few foods, one of which was chicken parmesan. Wow. And she would insist on having chicken parmesan for breakfast especially. And at the time, yeah. I was convinced this was uh, an identifiable mental disorder, that, that something was wrong with her. And then now at a later point where people, no one pointed it out as intensely as I am, but people kind of point out like, it's weird, breakfast food. Why do we have to have breakfast food? I thought, and especially when uh, you were saying other cultures, you know, they have pho mm -hmm. in Vietnam. Yep. And then a lot of chefs I know in Philly, mm -hmm. that's like their hangover thing. Like, yo, let's go get so some good. pho. And so someone good. said to me, let's get pho for breakfast. I'd be like, yo, get fucked. I don't want mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But why? No, it's why? Good. why? Why? There's no reason. I, I thought you were bringing this up because you were going to shade into a brunch discussion. Like the, oh. ev the evolution of that concept. The way that brunch is used in my world, and maybe it's not for y'all, is brunch is just like, let us gather for breakfast foods, but at a time with which we no longer associate breakfast. Nobody's going to quote Jacques, Marge's boyfriend, season two? No, I don't no. think we will. <laughs> I think it's not breakfast, it's not lunch, it comes with a slice of cantaloupe at the end. <laughs> yeah. If I had more brunches that came with cantaloupe, I probably would. There's no like lunch, dinner, you're just eating late. Yeah, when people say linner, it's a joke. Mm -hmm. It's pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah it's we'll, not even we'll a cut joke. that. It's We're not probably going to cut that. It's not even a good joke. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Well, that's weird. The telling me you're gonna cut it. That's weird. It is. It's just very cultural. Like your expectation of what's supposed to be for breakfast. You're right on. You're bang on. I've been watching the British Baking Show a lot, so things a are lot of so good. It's that. so good. About the ontological category, like if you have French toast and eggs for dinner, then oh, we're having breakfast for dinner. Mm-hmm. Like it's something special. You can have breakfast for lunch. You can have breakfast for dinner. But just a sandwich is just a sandwich. I don't know what elevates. I breakfast sandwich. But I bet many of the breakfast foods, like for example, the cereal and milk thing, mm-hmm. that's like a recent invention. That's like a, that's like an Americana. We've got all this extra oats that we need to convince people they need, they don't need. Mm. Well, we're never going like to get funded clear... by big cereal now. Oh, crap. Never One of the ways I'm going to keep going. One <laughs> of the ways that we communicate in our culture, like mm-hmm. shorthand, that someone is a loser, mm-hmm. is they make a bowl of cereal for dinner. Mm. But why? I mean, that food in and of itself is weird, but the time of day at which you eat it does not actually just... It's not like, well, in the mornings, milk and sugar are really good for you, but does, in the evenings, they're th- terrible. Does it have you. to do with how, how simple it is to make? I'm assuming that's sort of the cultural bias of it, but many breakfast foods are not necessarily easy to make. Yeah, you can, and you, and I mean, if you, quiche if, isn't like, oh, I just threw this quiche together and then no sleep. Also, if you open up like a can of soup and just pour that into a bowl and heat yeah, it up, right. that's easy and yet that's considered okay. I'm sure the guy who's making cereal for dinner, it's not like he has a lot of other options. It's not like he could make an amazing right. meal, but he just happens to not be in the But you're adding more layers because that's the whole other thing is that it's a guy who's the loser who's having Usually, cereal. Usually, yes, yes, yes. It's, it's very, very gendered. gendered yeah. mm-hmm. if, if you are having cereal for, for dinner, then email us at variousbreadsandbutters <laughs> and gmail.com and defend yourself <laughs> and your life choices. And help us understand. guys, this is Peter from the Netherlands, and I listen to Ferris Breads and Butters because, well, who doesn't like a funny podcast? I listen to various Breads and Butters up there in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and it's really good. What's better than various Breads and Butters? The amount I get paid as an intern. Nothing. I want to talk about my current level of discomfort right now. I am recording for the first time in my home studio. It's <laughs> home studio. I've got a I've got a bedroom in the basement. Yeah. We we're we're still kind of moving in. Which Ugh. part of the story are you proud of? Hold on. I'm not okay. Did I say I was proud of the story? I had the I thought the tone was Is there something about our podcast that led you to believe that Mike shares stories he's proud of? <laughs> mm, good point, Justin. Fair point. You're trying to you're trying to create an artisanal anechoic chamber, I think. No, no, you you know you know the preconnect pronunciation of that. You're just trolling now. So anyway, I brought something in this room that smells like <laughs> Cat pee. Oh. Is is it cat pee? I can't edit this out. I just like dragged my apartment into this room <laughs> and something smells like ammonia. Anyway, how you guys been? We're very, we're good. We're good. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Do you remember how to introduce the show? I don't. It's been a while, but this is episode 95 of Very Spreads and Butters. With me, as always, is Ben Brickhouse Cohen. I am uh, Simon Portman Tonev, our producer Sitting across from special, us. Special producer. Special producer, Liam Perdiam O'Donnell. Yo. Podcasting professional. Podcasting professional. Yeah, he is He is setting us up. We have very special guests um, from the amazing, uh, poorly summarized podcast. We have uh, Justin Scott and Mike Smith. First the other time line. repeat guests. First time repeat guests, yeah. <laughs> Happy to be back for the first time. I want to know specifically... What makes yeah. us very special guests? Well, Probably, uh, because I'm not the kind of person that just throws <laughs> things out willy nilly. Mike, you've heard me. Y- you are on my side here because you have heard me berate Simon for overusing the phrase, which takes away its value. So I, I'd like to hear him answer this. I'm just super polite. I will say this. I listen to Mike and Justin uh, just about every day that I walk to work. So I listen to their. They, 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 they put out much? one podcast a week. <laughs> um, and we, and I walk to work, takes me about, you know, 10, 10, 15 minutes. And I listen to them on my walk to work and my walk from. And so I keep up with their podcast every week. I listen to it on Overcast, which is a great podcast app, not selling it, but is it's this going somewhere. 
No, I want. Yeah, it's going somewhere. The no, it, well, it, I listen to them all the time. Of course, that's why it's special to me because now these people that I listen. What kind of case do you put on your iPhone when you're listening on Overcast? Just I want. I need to paint a word picture here. Just uh, it's like a clear plastic case on my iPad right, or my iPhone right now. That, that's um, the word picture. First party or third party? Third party. Oh, definitely third party. Um, did you buy through Amazon or did you buy it in store? <laughs> Definitely Amazon. Don't worry, this is going to get interesting if Justin keeps asking questions. I use Bluetooth headset, but I will say I listen to it on Overcast. And you I log have... in with uh, Touch ID when you lo- when you get into that phone, or do you just type in a password? No, Touch ID. Oh, obviously. Wow. Well, you're, so, you're so savvy. But... How many of your fingers do you have on Touch ID? Do you just do like your left thumb, right thumb? What's your mother's maiden name? Um, no. Wait a second. I know where this is going. You will not be able to open a credit card in my name, Justin. No, thank All you. Right. All right. Well, I give up then. Continue with your story. I listen to it with the voices sped up. And so, although Justin, you sound, you sound pretty, so the special pretty much part the is same. that they're actually speaking at one X. Oh no, I, well, I can feel an insult Mike, coming. You, no, you, you, it's, you sound a little bit drunk right now. Like it's a little <laughs> bit like, oh, he's, he's, he's speaking very carefully and very slowly. Whereas usually you're just quick and quick and witty when, when I've got, uh, when I've got everything sped up. Can you guys yeah. be honest? Yeah, yeah. I doubt it. Who do you like more, uh, me or Justin? Uh, I like you both equally um, and for different reasons. I have two kids, so I'm practiced at this question. Oh, yeah. What is your answer? Mike is my favorite person on the West Coast. Um, and Justin is my favorite on the East Coast. Oh, good one. So what is this is Various Breads and Butters. Yeah, episode 95. Episode 95. Mm-hmm. We are the show which, uh, what, what was our tagline? I don't know. We couldn't remember it. It's the show where we catch you up on what you missed in society this week. Yes. <laughs> Very original. And by society, you mean Lafayette College? It's small society. Yeah. yeah. Small S. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more or less. But um, this week, since you are our return guests and our, our first illustrious return guests, we're going to go through the reader grab bag, reader mailbag that has piled up for months because we never actually answer or address reader mail questions. Yeah, we say that email address, gmail.com, but we never check it. <laughs> you need a podcast so community, guys. Oh, I know, right? Oh. So we checked it and we got a bunch of issues to deal with and we figured you might as well be here to help us help yep. us hash through them. Yep. You mean you're finally going to address all the in- inaccuracies and... and- we don't actually get any notes about that. Incorrect. Yeah. You get no notes about that. I don't, not that I recall. Are there any error messages? There has not no. been an episode yet where you don't say something <laughs> patently wrong. I huh. got a, actually, I got a correction earlier today from a student who's like, you know what? I was listening to your previous episode and I studied abroad and it was a very academically rich experience for me. Okay. But you were talking on your episode how that never happens. Huh. So I got a correction like face to face. And that's the only one we've ever gotten. Yeah. So there's one. You're right, Liam. We got one. Yeah. Okay. Monsters. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so what what do we have? Uh, so the first one was from Carl in Asheville, mm-hmm. who wrote to ask about car gunk. Yeah, and uh, I think you had thoughts on car gunk. So I we we actually talked a little bit about this off air. I'll let you catch us up to I, speed. And I then, have then Mike and Justin. I'd li- I'd like to get your your contributions to this. Yeah, I have kind of a theory that um, anything I don't any I understand anything mechanical. Justin, Mike, do you understand anything mechanical? Generally, no, sir. Okay. No. Okay. I yeah. think I think I had mentioned maybe maybe it was our last episode. I had a college roommate who was from uh, South Dakota who knew a lot about cars. Mm-hmm. He thought it was very funny that I didn't know a lot but tried to sound like it. So I I think I misreferred to like a three fifty big block or a two fifty small block. It's and, not a thing. Oh boy. Oh, was, that's embarrassing. It was close to being a thing. It was close. Is his profile pic on social media of, of a car? I don't, I don't know. Mm, now. Good question, though. He voted for Trump. <laughs> I've discovered if your profile picks a car. A wow. You voted for you Trump. You can publish that. That stands to reason. Uh, anyway, anyways, just, just to say that I don't know anything about cars either. Yeah, so... So, so I, I can't f- answer this. I feel, and I don't know if this is right, so anyone who's a gearhead out there can explain it to me. I feel that anything that's wrong with a car engine can be fixed by taking the car apart into its, all its pieces and then cleaning the gunk and then putting it back together. And then everything should be fine. Just degunk. Is, that's, what I, that's what I think. That's what I think. I don't know if that's right, though. Do you guys have any sense of whether that's right or not? I don't think Carl was looking for that answer. Yeah, I think that's not right. What was the question that was asked? What goes wrong with cars? Yeah. What, are there, is there a basic general problem with car engines or are there too many to list? Oh, he's looking for a unified theory. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I just think it is a unified theory. I think it's just gunk. So you just degunk the car engine and you're, you're fine. It's like with your teeth. If we all just flossed. Right. It, disease comes through the gums. So yeah, just 
floss the car, floss the engine. That's another way of saying it. I appreciate I, that. I guess my problem with it is if if your understanding of car engines is just to remove gunk, it doesn't yeah. seem like you would also have the knowledge to put all the pieces back together correctly. Well, if I, all you knew yeah. was taking gunk off. I get this from, you know, when you used to have like big pens and you used to take them apart into like three or four pieces. Yeah, sure. I figure if I can do that, I can put a, take an engine back apart. And put because it back so we do that in class all the time and like fantasize for some reason. And I enjoyed this fantasy that I was dismantling a bomb. Oh yeah. I've, I've been there. I've been there. How, how many times did you, did you, did you have just ink on your mouth? <laughs> what? You don't put it in your mouth. You just take it apart with your hands. But when you're holding all the top I, screws I, off, right? The top <laughs> screws off, the bottom screws, and then you can, and then you pull the top and bottom off, and then you have the the ink shaft, and then and then the pen stock. I was ben just, was doing fountain pens. I was so. just imagining that you were like holding the ink, the the pen, the body of the pen in your mouth while you were dis- dismantling the rest, and there was still residual ink. I actually want to back Ben up here because I didn't know people took those pens apart not looking for pieces to chew and or pick your teeth with. Like I picked, like that was why I took pens apart was like, I'm going to chew a part of this right. and I have to pick the part I want to chew. Right. And it's not like I ever got, it's a, bo- it's a goddamn bomb. Mm-hmm. You don't put it in your mouth. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure Carl's going to be happy with the answer, but we can move on to the next yeah, one. I think that's fine. You want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Bennett and Dubuque. I don't know Bennett. Yeah. Um, could it, could that be Benet? <laughs> It could be. It's two There's, N's, two T's. Yeah. Two N's, two T's. No accents. Um, in Dubuque, and he, he wants a, a replacement metaphor for killing two birds with one stone. And I included this in our list because I have uh, several colleagues on campus who study birds, and they, they actually get legitimately upset when somebody uses that metaphor. Hmm. So I'm okay with finding a replacement for it, but I don't have one. Um, I'm also okay still using it because I don't actually mean to suggest harm to birds, but uh, my, my two colleagues who are. Well, you could say, I'm going to kill, kill two robotic birds. Two drones? Two, yeah, drones. Yeah, two drones. Everybody hates drones, it seems, unless they're flying them themselves. So you say, T- I'm going to kill two drones with one stone, and then people will be like, good analogy, and that made me feel great. Yeah, people never say kill, t- kill two birds with one rock, even though it's equally uh-huh. correct. I mean, with a stone, you think you probably have precision. Yeah, but you're not... Like a slingshot. What exactly is the difference between a stone and a rock? Size. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And not a lot of killing power with the, with the stone. As a, ro- a rock is bigger than your hand. A stone, like, you can fit in your palm. Hmm. You know, I think that the real problem with killing two birds with one stone is the cross-species uh, homicide. And so I think if you say whip, whip two slaves with one stroke or one lash, I think, that, <laughs> I think that's far less offensive, less violent. Um... <laughs> Well, I guess I'm not comfortable (laughs) laughing at that joke. I'm not either. (laughs) I'm I'm just laughing at the audacity. I I literally was just thinking like, is it inappropriate for me to say two eyes with one BB? Mm. And then we got into the slave lashing and I'm like, whoa, this is not G rated. I was just down. I was, I just spent my weekend at a civil war reenactment. So you'll excuse me if I'm, um, if there's some latent racism coming through. You were, there you, go. you were in Gettysburg. That's, that's, that's correct. What percentage of the people enacting the civil war? Or reenacting the Civil War that you saw weren't racist. Yeah, if anybody who who here has seen Get Out, uh, me and Liam, two of the three of us. Yeah. So there's there you know the, there's a, a part of the movie involves people wearing clothes that uh, harken back to colonial times and. Correct. After seeing Get Out, that sort of dress just seems inherently spooky and racist to me. And Mm -hmm. so the whole weekend, you know, you'd be at a coffee shop and there'd just be these women wearing these, you know, giant dresses. It just felt everything everything about it felt kind of racist. I don't think these are good answers to the question. (laughs) I I will say this. If you want to go not cross species, why do we have to assume that killing two birds with one stone involves a human killing two birds? Why can't it be another bird killing those two birds with one stone? Birds don't use tools. It's a metaphor for solving two problems at once. Why does it have to be violent and involve death? We need a non-violent alternative. Well, we use hunting a lot for metaphors. Two math problems with one pen. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to make me violent towards you. (laughs) Nope, this is going to catch on. I feel good about this. Okay, well, well, okay, okay, Bennett. Two two math problems, one pen. (laughs) Okay. Okay, what's next? Uh, Lisa and Alpharetta. (laughs) She wants to know about how dupe she's been from old commercials mm-hmm. if we share this duped feeling and we do mm-hmm. and what's to be done about it specifically super glue did we all uh i'm completely on board with lisa here where 
I grew up with the perception that super glue sticks any two things together. Yeah. Anything. I don't care what it is, where it is. Even when I brought this up to a uh, friend of the show, past guest, Jen Tellerico. Mm -hmm. Current wife. Your current wife. Mm -hmm. um, she had the exact same image of the dude with the hard hat hanging from a steel beam in midair, mm -hmm. which was in the commercial for, for super glue. Now, whenever I use super glue, I can't get anything to stick together. We tried to, to glue a magnet to a piece of wood. We tried to get a, a piece of plastic to a, to a, to a painted door. Super glue wouldn't work. It just kept They don't off. make it like they used to. Maybe not. There's, That's maybe, what Trump all... was talking about when he was saying he wanted to make America great again. Are it's we... government regulation that has prevented super glue <laughs> uh, from, from, from being super. Gorilla Glue is my generation, I think. Oh, you're younger. But I always thought that was a cheap knockoff for Super Glue. I mean, Super Glue is so much better than you're Glue. You're the one that was duped. That's true. <laughs> I can't believe I'm the only one that was duped. I didn't, I didn't see that guy hanging from his hat and thought, that's a realistic representation of how Super Glue works. You're already jaded from a young age. I want to tell you one of my earliest memories. Is this all related to the question? Okay. Like, Justin, <laughs> shut your mouth. No, I just, Justin knows that I uh, love him deeply mm -hmm. as, as I've told him and he's told me back. Oh, I think so. Yeah, you were saying. Justin, this isn't your podcast. They will tell <laughs> me when, when I should get back on track. There was a commercial, a Transformers underwear commercial. Simon, just jump in at any time here. <laughs> well, I want to see where this is going. When, when you put on the underwear no, in the commercial, it. you turned into a Transformer. Oh. I was positive that all I needed to do was buy this Transformer underwear and I would become a Transformer. And I remember just trying to explain this. <laughs> I was very distraught trying to explain this to my mother who did not believe I needed more underwear. And I'm just like, but mom, I will be a Transformer. And I don't think she understood that I meant it and believed it. I have a couple of observations on this. Can I, can I make, because first of all, those trans, those transformer underwear were transformed from clean underwear to dirty underwear. So <laughs> they, they're covered in that. Oh God. And number two, well, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. And I was a fan of the transformers as kids. I don't know that I would want to become a transformer. I would like to be friends with transformers, but I didn't want to become a transformer. And you're not a transformer anymore. <laughs> were these <laughs> different, sounds... were these a variation of underoos? Oh, maybe. Oh, we, we yeah, they would, they would have to be under. Is this like next generation underoos? Just like yeah. Gorilla Glue is next generation yeah. super glue? Mm, bring it back. I had Superman underoos, but I didn't imagine I could fly. Justin, I, was that story related to the topic? Uh, tangentially. Yeah, being confused by commercials. Yeah. Sure. No, no one's brought up the most confusing commercial, which is Apple Jacks. But what about what? Apple Jacks? I don't recall. I don't remember it. Well, so um, Apple Jacks, they had a, the whole run. Cinnamon Tasty? Did the, Apple Jacks claim that it would glue your hard hat? To a beam? Or that their cereal tasted like apple? Well, mm. so that was what they never claimed. In fact, they never made a claim about the taste of the cereal. Every Apple Jacks <laughs> commercial is kids are hanging out and eating Apple Jacks as they do. All mm. kids. Yeah. Right. They're skateboarding and Apple Jacksing at the same time. And then some, and some authority figure comes in and says, but it doesn't taste like apples. And then the kids, like, they, they freak out. They're just mm. like, no! dad or librarian or teacher you just don't get it you know you don't understand apple jacks and at no point in the commercial do they suggest not only do they not taste like apples they also taste good <laughs> all they ever suggested is that only cool. authority figures question apple jacks i think i remember but that now. kids accept apple jacks and the fact that they don't taste like apples. can i say for the sake of our our listeners and listener mail and audience that we did correctly identify this question not as about super glue but as about misleading commercials from childhood mm -hmm. yes you have we can fix that in post. Yeah. Have you guys seen this flex tape stuff? Is that like a band aid? Uh, no, the flex tape. It's, it looks like duct tape, but basically it's super strong. The guy uh -huh. saws a boat in half and then tapes oh, yeah, it yeah, together, yeah. and then goes and speedboats around the lake on it. I have not. I, Do you think it works that way? I think so. I, I think flex tape is delivering on the promise that super glue failed to deliver. I think we're gonna have to wait thirty years for our kids to have podcasts so they can bring this up. All right, I think we have to move on. Yeah. Who was this from? Is this from Mark in Seattle? Yep. This is the one. I don't know if Mark's question is good. Is there an anthropological reason why there's always an acceptable after buffer for appointments? So if you're like 10 minutes late for something, that's okay. But before buffers are at best half the after. Like you can't show up for anything too early or more than like a minute, but you can stroll in 10 or 20 minutes late and everything think, everybody thinks that's fine. There's, and this is for good reason, because especially if you're having like a get together at your house, now, Justin's home, of course, is clean at all times. But you see, <laughs> no I am doing um, 
a marathon clean of my entire home, like up until the last possible second. So much so we're having a dinner party and somebody says, we're going to be 15 minutes late. I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. You'll give me time to clean the toilet. But do they announce that they're going to be 15 minutes late? They don't feel like they can just arrive then and it was understood? If it's a dinner party that and it's just the, it's just four of us, you know, total, then usually I'll get it. I'll get a message. If it's not and it's just a party, then no, people just kind of stroll in. But like a, sometime this year, I had like a party and somebody showed up 20 minutes early. Oh. I was so mad. I was yeah. like, my house they- is a disaster and now I have to entertain you. I think the early and lateness of which uh, that you go to parties as an adult may vary as a function of the early and lateness you were taken to parties as a child, because now I'm very much concerned about not being anywhere too early. Because when I was a kid, my mom would take me like she was always concerned we would never get there on time. And so something that was five minutes away, she's like, let's let's leave a half an hour to early to get there. And there would be traffic multiple times. I would Construction. Get, yeah. I get to the kid's house. A storm. He'd be like still you know naked from his bath or whatever and i'm like standing there completely why hey, he i was five i was five why doesn't he have a towel on? i don't know because he was like getting in was why is he like, answering the door if he's oh, in the bath? it was it was in the background i still have this image in my burned in my head why is the bath visible from the front door i don't i, I don't what kind of architecture is that ah uh, yeah mike, i don't know you weigh in on this yeah mike yeah, that yeah, problem who finally got an architect on the show <laughs> um yeah it's like is that an important deserata in a home <laughs> what <laughs> or de- deseratum, I should say. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I don't know what that word is you just said. <laughs> deseratum. <laughs> Something that is needed or wanted. You could have just said that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Desideratum. I <laughs> Thank you. I, that's you. why you're confused. That's why we didn't understand. Desideratum. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes. Yes, it, it it is. I forgot what I'm answering exactly. I'm not sure. I'm just bothered by Simon's recollection of his childhood friends hey. naked from the bath. Dong from the doorbell. Are you supposed to be able to view a dong from the doorbell? There we go. <laughs> it would seem like maybe the theory is that these will even out at some point later in life. Like, all right, I was 20 minutes late for this party. I was a half hour late for that one. I'll be 20 minutes early for the next one. This will all even out. But because <laughs> society is, is so asymmetrical, we're just always losing time. Like it never evens out. We just keep pushing it, pushing it every party, mm-hmm. every week, every month. Society's going to have to deal with this at some point. It's like the national debt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There could be that running clock of how much cumulatively we have been late. I think you just grow your way out of it. My question though is, uh, which is weirder? If someone shows up 20 minutes early for a party or mm-hmm. you, maybe you take the trash out 20 minutes before your party starts and you find the person hunched in their car hiding because they accidentally arrived too early and they're waiting because they don't want it to be weird. Justin, I think hunching. You? Yeah, it seems really specific. <laughs> yeah, Justin, speak up. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've arrived early to places and, uh, you know, I I've <laughs> floated nearby because you don't want to show up too early. You should, you should probably park a little further away then. The, uh, the other flip side of this is, you know, we have family tension because uh, uh, my wife, Chris, always does like to leave early like your mom, Simon, mm-hmm. to make sure we're not late doesn't want to be rude and her father's the same way and so you have to game the system because if they think you have to be there at seven then you know let's leave it's going to take 15 minutes so we better leave at quarter of just to make sure we're on time but we know that we have to leave a quarter of so we better leave a few minutes early they immediately readjust in their mind mm-hmm. yep. that you have to be there at six forty-five, not seven yep and so it automatically becomes we need to leave at six thirty. yeah it's departure time inflation yep yeah that's exactly what it is it's departure time inflation mm-hmm. That's Turn, a, yeah. a known term. Turtles all the way down. <laughs> That's reasonable family tension. I thought you were going to tell the story about the time your mother-in-law, uh, last time you hung out with her a few days ago, told you that uh, that uh, life uh, was better um, under uh, pre, pre-civil rights in the South than it is now. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not saying that that didn't just happen to me last time I had a conversation with my mother-in-law over the 4th of July weekend. Uh, that oh, oh, careful. She could be listening to this episode. This isn't the godless podcast. This is yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We're going to take the opportunity to move on to uh, our 10, 20, 30 question. We have two different versions of a 10, 20, 30. So what, the second one is modified, but. Yeah. Why don't we do the modified one then? All right. We'll do the modified one. Actually, I think Liam will like this modified one too. And it doesn't have to be 1030. It's just a uh, first last. And the question is your first favorite movie 
What was your first favorite movie? And then what's your all-time most enduring still favorite movie? That's a good question. And I'm assuming that those aren't the same. I'm assuming that it's not still Goonies. <laughs> but Goonies was a good movie. Yes. Holds up. Okay. My first favorite movie was Young Guns 2. That is not a bad movie. Liam, don't give me that face. That's not a bad movie. You were actually defending this recently, weren't you? Yeah. I was. I think that was like late elementary school, early junior yeah. high. Like I couldn't watch it too many times. Why more than Young Guns 1? Yeah, and Mike, are you are you with me? Like, I haven't watched I haven't watched Young Guns one like hardly ever, but Young Guns two I've watched like five or six times. Young Guns one was probably a better movie. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. Young Guns two just had a lot more. It was a lot more angsty and bravado filled. Like, like I haven't watched these in a, as an adult. Is that the one where he says I'll make famous? Yeah. He also says, does he say that in Young Guns two and one? Yeah, well, he definitely says in Young Guns two, and then there's that guy that says I am New Mexico, like oh. that. You're going with Young Guns too, Mike. Well, Justin, what's your well, let's let's hear your first favorite movie. First favorite movie is Back to the Future Part Two. What Another is that? Western? No, no, no. Part three is the Western. Oh, that's right. But part two, part two is the dystopic future thing. Is preceding a Western. It's it's a prequel to the Western. It is preceding. It's the prelude. <laughs> prelude to the Western was, I yeah. think, the title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in the movie theater at the time. Well, you did. That was, that so, was a good movie. Though. I saw it quite a, a number of times. It it. I don't think part two holds up. Part one is still great. Yes. Part two, uh, I don't know. Justin, are you upset that none of the things that they predicted from, that <laughs> happened in 2015 actually happened? Um, I am quite quite disappointed. You, that was that, an angry year for you. The one thing I would have I would have maybe put money on is that uh, like dehydrated pizza rehydrator. Like that mm-hmm. seems only just you know it's like a variation on the microwave. Why don't we have that? Well, it, it was it was also interesting is that they had things that they were predicting way ahead like hoverboards, but then other things like they still had fax machines and yeah. <laughs> their big screen TVs were not as good as the ones we have now. It, it's it was it was yeah. very strange. Yeah. Simon, did you want to answer this? Oh, I don't. I, uh, Are you allowed to? No. You're yeah, a host. Am I? Liam, no, let's, 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 let's leave it. Okay. We can keep going. That's fine. Gotta leave him waiting. Gotta leave him waiting. The final episode you reveal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if those were your first favorite movies, what are your most favorite movies? You're still mm, favorite. I've got, I've got one, Mike. Uh, well, actually, I, I want to point out order. So, in terms of favorite movie, this is, I, I, I contend that this is not like my judgment of the best movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but rather just, Kind of my, my go-to movie, the movie that is my my personal favorite for whatever weird reasons I have. That's I what it should be, I think. I think it's very well yeah. stated. It doesn't it has does not have to be a claim to what is the best movie ever made. No. It's what is your favorite movie. Of course, The Money Pit was the best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Justin? What do you got? Mike, do you want to go first? Well, I I, I don't I don't want anything except to make you happy. Hmm. <laughs> Justin, you go first. <laughs> um so my my favorite movie. <laughs> My favorite movie is What About Bob with Bill Murray. Oh, I've actually never seen that before. That's really what? enjoyable. I haven't. It's, it's great. It's a great one. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it. Who's the, who's the psychiatrist that... Uh, Richard Di- Dreyfus. Richard, Richard Dreyfus and, and Bill Murray. Yep. Yeah. Liam is staring lasers at me right now. I realized that those like awkward moments, because, you know, the Bob, that character just like was constantly frustrating Mm-hmm. Um, they hit a little too close to home. Mike. Yeah, and no, it made and it was one of those things where I realized I have a hard time watching those really awkward scenes, mm. which is weird because I create awkward situations all the time in my like though in your cat pee basement. <laughs> I'm getting used to the smell. That's the danger. That's what you want to avoid if you can't smell it anymore. Yeah, yeah, because your neighbors they sure as hell can smell yeah. it. My neighbors can smell it. I, I'll tell you, my neighbors. One of my neighbors explained to me. Within an hour of meeting her, she said that she knows how to castrate a sheep with her teeth. I can assure you. <laughs> who, who doesn't know that, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This neighbor used a toothbrush to clean a, a Barbie house with, with like cleaner, put it, dipped it in cleaner. And then after she finished, she said to my daughter, do you brush your teeth, Amelia? And she's like, yep. And she's like, well, this is how you do it. And then she put the, that exact toothbrush uh, in her mouth uh, and then brushed with it to demonstrate. This is, so I can assure you if my neighbor walks into this house and smells cat pee, that would be... Home sweet home. I just feel like your neighbor has mental illness and now you're making fun of her. Oh, it's like a whole man. thing. There's always that question, right? But she's more like in the weird category. Okay. Like I don't, she doesn't strike me as having mental illness. She's, uh, even though it's possible, it's just, she's just 
bizarre. Yeah. So where were we? Your favorite. My favorite. Now it's this qualification because to me, like the movie that impacted me the most by far that legitimately changed my life as an artist um, was no, was there will be blood. Mm. I've only seen it once because it's depressing. There's one movie that I can't, that I can watch. It so far seems an infinite amount of times. Every time I watch it, I am filled with childlike glee of mm. uh, being transported to another place. And that is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, okay. The first one specifically. I like them all, but the first one. So how many times have you seen it? Not as much as you would think based on what I just said. Probably like five <laughs> or six times. Yeah, but six times Lord of the Rings, that's like 15 times in a standard movie length. Yeah, exactly. people are like, it's so long. I'm like, I wish it were longer. Hmm. They're like, they're like, there's just a bunch of people walking around. I'm like, I, I wish they walked more. I love it. I just like Jen has the exact opposite reaction to that. I remember after we watched it, she goes, that was the most boring movie ever. They just walked around. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, different, different strokes for different folks. These two are never going to meet. Yeah. It's not, it's not a (laughs) mere difference of opinion here. There's (laughs) agree to disagree. (laughs) Oh, I just got it. Single stroke whip two blokes. What do you think? Yeah. The rhyme there. Oh, there you go. That'll work. Oh my gosh. That'll work. This is devolving. It's just regular blokes. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's consensual whipping. Mm -hmm. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a new quiz today. This is our we're gonna deviate from the real or not quiz. The quiz is: Are you more American than a Canadian? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now Simon is actually studying for the citizenship test, and he's got all these apps like uh, preparation quizzes. And so we're gonna ask a bunch of a bunch of questions that are on the citizenship test. And then see who scores the best. Mm-hmm. Simon, the Canadian, mm-hmm. or uh, you, Justin, and Mike, Gold. the Americans. We assume you're Americans. Right. So this, for, this first question is... So how point of order is, I'll ask the question specifically to Mike and Justin, mm-hmm. and then ask a different question to you. Mm-hmm. But Mike and Justin... So we tell you whether or not it's dead or Canadian. <laughs> you've, you've got it. Okay. Mike and Justin, uh, how many amendments does the Constitution have? Shit. Uh, Mike? No, I'm Googling it. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's not allowed. How many amendments? Uh, Uh, 25. There are 13 amendments. Because there were 13 (laughs) colonies, one amendment per colony. I don't know if that's (laughs) right. They each, uh, I want to help you with your quiz. They each got (laughs) one amendment. Thanks. That's a good mnemonic that I'll remember. (laughs) Right. During the test. (laughs) You, You poorly summarized or allowed one answer, so you can decide which of those two you would like to offer. We'll go with Mike's 13 for the original colonies. Uh, that is that is incorrect. The number is 27. Uh, 20. Oh, I was seven close. Seven amendments. You were, you were close. By the way, these are actual questions these from are the act, actual citizenship test. That is bullshit. Okay, so Mike. All right. Now I have one for Simon. This, this okay, one's these, for You're Simon. picking randomly, right? Yeah, I'm just picking at random. Okay. Randomly scrolling and here, right. Uh, what is the name of the president of the United States now? Oh, that is Donald J. Trump. Ugh. Is that true? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that still doesn't seem right. Well, the real answer is he's not my president and you get to pick whatever president you want. <laughs> okay. No. What's the J stand for? I forget. Jedediah. How do we not know this? I think it's John. Oh yeah, it is John, I think. Oh. Really? Okay. Question number two. Hold on. Don John. <laughs> yeah, Don John Trump. Oh, yeah. he is Don John. And I don't think it's Jonathan. I think it's John. Yeah, is, is that's, that right? the, the realization that he's Don John is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Don John. <laughs> Don John. We're going to use that. All right. So you, you guys are in the hole zero to one. Uh, round two. The House of Representatives has how many voting members? Oh, crap. Uh, they've got a lot. A lot of congressmen. 262. Mike? <laughs> 262. That's my guess. 13 uh, colonies. Times five. Are you going to do the math? Or are you going to leave that to the listeners to decide? Uh, it's whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with Justin's answer. Justin lives in um, in the D.C. area, so uh, don't, he's, don't, he's around no, more of them. I, what? Anything I know, I, I just it, incidentally I wasn't able to avoid it from one of my wife's conversations. That's all I. In my mind, that's what people talk about at dinner parties in D.C. They'll be like, hey. Ah, how many congressmen are there currently? <laughs> oh, ahoy, senator. Do, do you guys even have an answer? Yeah, yeah, you're stalling here. Relax, Je- you guys are acting like Justin right now. 262, <laughs> did you say, Justin? That's, that's what I said. That's what okay. I, we're, we're sticking to it. We're sticking yeah. to it. 
Yep. The correct answer is 435. Yep. Okay, right. Ben, re reach, so reach here, back into that bag. I'm reaching back into random the bag. Questions. This one is integrated civics geography question. And this, again, <laughs> honestly is a question on the citizenship test mm -hmm. for Simon. Yep. This will give you two points if you get this correctly. Ooh, that's cool. What ocean is on the, what's on the west coast of the United States? Oh, Ooh. come on! <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Now, in Canada, it was the Pacific. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say the Pacific. How yeah, is this? Too. How is this test have both of those questions? How many amendments and what ocean? <laughs> what does that? What does that add to citizen, your citizenry? Like, why does a citizen? Well, he probably has to pass with a seventy percent or better, right? Yeah, I think it's seven out of ten or something like something along those lines. When you sing the song, "From Sea to Shining Sea," if you don't know which sea is which, oh yeah, you hate America. They're, te they're technically not seas, though. It's ocean <laughs> to shining ocean. <laughs> That's like a stone mm. rock difference. Maybe. My goodness. You guys ready for question three, which I'm going to dip into some colonial period uh, history here. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're ready for it. 70, All right. Here's a, 76. Here's a softball for you. When was the Constitution written? Didn't I just... <laughs> <laughs> John Hancock. Sorry. John Hancock had the largest <laughs> signature. On the, that. That's correct. <laughs> the Constitution. Constitution was written after that. Certainly before 1820. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you're narrowing it down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 1790. I'm going to uh, say 1778. Yeah, I think so it's closer just, to you, Mike. I'm, we're, 1778 is our answer. We are okay. locking it in. Just don't listen to Mike. Yeah. You were so much closer. <laughs> no, no, 17, no, no, 1787. Oh, 1984. man. 1784. 1787. As a, I'm startled that as a historian, people don't know these answers. Well, okay. So what, what is the tally so far? Um, uh, uh, I think uh, Americans, Justin Mike has, the Americans have zero. Okay. And the Canadian has three. Yeah. Because I got two? two for the last question. One okay. more round? One, wait, well, I, this is the last question, isn't it? Or do, they, do you think they, they deserve another one? No, I think they deserve another one. Okay. You're not, uh, okay. Ran random it out. Go. All right. Take let one. me scroll through randomly. Wherever it stops, nobody knows. Integrated civics here. This mm. is another geography question okay. for Simon. Okay. Uh, all right. Everybody can hear. What yeah. is the capital of the United States? Ooh. <laughs> the capital of these United States. Are you more American than a Canadian? Jeez. Uh, it's definitely not Ottawa. That's I don't know if this quiz is going to last. Um, I, I believe it's Washington, D.C. District of Columbia. I just don't. The proportionality of difficulty on these questions is so out of whack. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I mean, what if you if you only have to get like seven out of ten? What if you get like all the easy ones? You're just as much of a citizen as I think so. Someone who's got I, I think they give you seven easy ones. They give you three hard ones, and if you miss one of the easy ones, you, they consider you an idiot. Mm. My gosh, well, I, these are random. Remember, so there's no oh, <laughs> easy right. and hard here. Sure, yeah. sure. Um. Is there one more question or, or, or have I, I, we established one that? One more. I think we have to have a chance to at least a chance get a point. To fail. No, and, but this is an, no, hold on. This is for all or nothing. All or nothing. If we answer this correctly. And this one is for five points. Ten points. We will answer this question and win the quiz with a single answer, killing two birds with one stone. Go ahead. Okay. Oh <laughs> uh, let me see. Is the South better than it was pre-civil rights? According to a hypothetical mother-in-law. All right, I, I think you guys are going to get this. This is uh, from recent American history and other important historical information category of the U.S. citizenship test. The Coach question Steffi. is, who... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Who, who was president during World War I? Theodore Roosevelt. Hold on. <laughs> is that right? I'm so bad at this. If, if Mariani ever listens, I'll never hear that. I know it. he was president <laughs> in the early 1900s when back when America was great, I, yeah, I, I got nothing. Would it help if I told you, do you know all the former presidents of Princeton University? <laughs> Does that help at all? This president that, was also the president of Princeton. Oh. Uh, super racist, too. And it should help you. It was super racist. FDR. I was just talking about him. Tim Cook quoted FDR, and then Mike had to, <laughs> had to bring up the Japanese internment camps ruining everyone's 4th of July. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You put one race in camps and everybody's up in arms. <laughs> Everybody, it's weird, right? Um, <laughs> I can't remember his name. 
It, it was it was Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> Woodrow. Oh, Woodrow Wilson had a PhD in political science, as I recall. As I recall, he was born in 1887. A young 30. <laughs> Very young. He was 25-year-old when he became president. Wow. He accomplished a lot. He, well, I, I think we've established without a shadow of a doubt Simon that, is more American. that the Canadian is more American than the Americans. Are you more American than a Canadian? The answer I is feel, no. You, then, you mean than the United Statesman? Can you just send this podcast to the citizenship office? I would think so. Well, the, the, only, the only reason I wouldn't is that they might take away your citizenship as a result. Oh, good point. That's a maybe, good point. Maybe we'll just not send this. Maybe we'll hope that they're not listening to this. Because you guys did the Friday Sunday question mm-hmm. before, we know that that came. Oh, can up. we persuade you? Can we persuade you towards Sunday? Can we take one more crack at it? Definitely not. We hate Sunday. No, but I always will. I have a variation of the question. Yes. All right. Uh, and this is this coincides with summer because this came up in conversation for me recently, and it struck us conversation partners that a preference for June or a preference for August was somewhat similar to a preference for Friday versus a preference for Sunday. Do you prefer June or August? A lot of that depends on where you live, because here in Utah, June is much more mild than August. Mm. August is pretty damn hot. So I prefer June for those reasons. Okay. Justin, you got, you've got a preference? I think I prefer August because the summer, ever since I joined the professional workforce, the summer has been mostly meaningless to me because I I spend my, my days indoors toiling away at a computer regardless okay. of the the month um the only season that really means anything is the holiday season and so since august is closer to the holidays also closer to my september birthday oh. i prefer august oh, okay. so you are a sunday person a sunday august person sunday august mm-hmm. sunday august black licorice wait if you I had to pick between my, my saturday or a million dollars what would you pick <laughs> like every saturday or just one saturday <laughs> just once yes. you accept a million dollars once and some Somehow Saturday's gone. Like it's oh, just man. gone. Oh, wow. That's, oh, I thought you just that, meant like, a question. like do, do you want to just have a Saturday? Like, because <laughs> I can wait till like a couple of days from now. <laughs> Every Saturday's gone. Every yeah. Saturday's gone. Every Saturday's if gone. You, if you bumped it up, if you bumped it up to a billion, I'm in. Oh, so there's a price. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because a million isn't like never have to worry about money again kind of money. Yeah. At this point, a million dollars is just like just enough money for your life to be harder, but not enough to like live off. of. <laughs> you can't use your money to like get extra days off. Are we talking about like the earth is moving around the sun more quickly? <laughs> like, is this how this... I don't, I'm not sure exactly how what or the instantiation of freeze. getting rid of Saturday is. Well, no, I think you go, into, you, go into a fugue, you go into a fugue state and oh, you okay. say things that you won't be held responsible for okay. all day the next day and then you wake I up Sunday like, with no recollection. No recollection. You just have the, the internet videos and news stories to okay. remind you. Yeah, no. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, pro- I probably, I would do it for a million dollars. I do a lot for a million Every dollars. Every Saturday. You know I just wow. feel like sure. I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to say thank you guys for being on the show. You can listen to Mike and Justin every single week. It's kind of annoying because they produce so many shows and they're all great. Uh, if you go to poorlysummarized.com, you can follow them on Facebook. Um, there's a Poorly Summarized Facebook community where you can contribute. It's a great community. Um, what does that mean? A poorly summarized community that they, they all, all the fans of the show can, can, yeah, they actually interact with the people who listen to their show. Oh, oh we, do. Uh, we do. That was, that was, that was, was harsh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Liam was jumping in because we had recently talked about my bemoaning, like Simon and I do nothing to promote the show. Why don't we have a larger audience? And he suggested <laughs> that maybe if we did something. Yeah. Rather than nothing. Mm. Yes. That could tip the scales. That's an interesting theory. But I don't know if we're willing to do that. Yeah, we're still on the fence with that. It's the effort, the effort theory of accomplishments. I think that's been unproven. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'll wait till the science comes in on that. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, some later date. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at variousbreadsandbutters at gmail.com and we may actually find your email. And maybe, maybe by next year we'll get back to the questions that's absolutely could true. be a once a year thing so we want to thank uh justin and mike from the poorly summarized podcast for being our guests this week um and uh thank you as well i'm sorry as our producer this week uh liam per diem o'donnell thank you liam for being here and thanks liam. making all the computers work you're welcome okay <laughs> thank you headphones off headphones off headphones off
we've got something from the mailbag from Kitty and Peoria. <laughs> uh, Kitty and Peoria. Kitty is still puzzling over the different perceptions of doctors that she has compared to her parents. I think Kitty is probably our age, early 40s. Her parents have such a vastly different sense of trust and commitment and belief in the medical profession. Is this a change in healthcare over the generations? Every time there's an illness or an ailment, they want to tell her, what did your doctor think? Did you ask your doctor? And once again, I put this on the list because I share this same problem. I actually had a back spasm like a month ago, which I'd never have when I couldn't walk. And my parents called and they did the same thing. It's like, you should ask your doctor about this. What did your doctor think? You know, maybe you can get this checked out. Um, go find out what the doctor says. And I think I, I probably have a doctor that I could go to, but I don't like really have a doctor. Let alone could I go to see the doctor that I wanted to like immediately. Let alone do I have any trust that that doctor would actually solve any problem. But well, my doctor is WebMD and I definitely have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> like when's the last time a doctor helped me? Like somebody I know is also is, is of that generation and this person is college educated, master's degree and does not understand how to spot fake news, for example. It's like at all. So it's like this trust in authority that younger generations don't have. So I, it does make sense to me that, that they view doctors differently. Yeah, it all comes down to the advent of the internet. Before the internet, who did you have with the experts? You just go to your priest. You say, hey, priest, my my abdomen is bleeding. <laughs> and he said, you know, 10 mother mother may eyes and three padre nuestros. I don't actually know it in English. <laughs> Wait, did you, say, did you say padre oysters? Padre Nuestros. I, that was my gringo accent version of the... Our Fathers, Justin. Our Fathers and Hail Marys. Yeah, that was, that was how we did things. You Got went to the it. expert. The expert was a priest. The priest gave you some um, uh, spells that you could cast, mm -hmm. or what, what were they called? Uh, prayers that you would say, and then you'd be healed. And then that evolved to the, the, the separation of medicine and um, magic, and the doctors would deal with your physical ailments, and the magicians or priests would deal with everything else. And now Google tells you the answer. Alexa, am I sick? That sounded like a very uh, a very Howard Wasp breakdown of modernity. You know, the doctors have placed the priests as our <laughs> authorities and whatever, whatever. I guess I still don't know how they're getting appointments to see their doctor just whenever they want. When I actually have been to a doctor, mm -hmm. it's 100% just like recommendation for some other doctor. I have, I have type 1 diabetes, so my relationship to doctors is a little bit more like did you have a guy do you, or a woman? Do you have a dedicated doctor that you know? Yeah, yeah. And even my what is it called when they're not a specialist? What is that? An alchemist, I think. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, even my alchemist yeah. is uh, general practitioner. Is really general practitioner is really easy to get in. It's actually the other way around. The person who I need to see regularly is my diabetes doctor. But if I miss an appointment, they're like, "Well, I guess we'll see you in a month and a half." Like it's impossible. My general practitioner, I could call tomorrow, and chances are she'd be able to see. Me. Wow. What hmm. about the related? That you know, you go in and you sign up, and then they want to give you this little tablet, and you fill out all your information. And it's all the information that they already have because you filled it out the last time. And then when you check out, somehow they ask again as if they didn't know the information. And well, then the either... next thing you know, they ask for your mother's maiden name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if they did, what would you say, Simon? Just hypothetically. <laughs> nope. Not going not gonna to happen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a form of gaslighting, really. I think that they want to just continue asking you the same questions until you think maybe you're the problem. And then when the <laughs> doctor comes in and give you advice, you just cling to it. You cling to it because you don't know what's up and what's down. Wow, you're auditioning for some play that I haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs>